Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six-foot-five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. It's time to talk defensive linemen here in this 2023 NFL draft. We have been doing a bunch of these positions in terms of all 22 breakdowns, and you can see quite a few of these guys on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, courtesy of the gentleman who joins us to discuss them today, the Thunder from down under, Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm going well, Scott. We are getting close. We're you know, just over a week away from the NFL draft. One of the best times of the year for Jets fans because we haven't had great on-field product. Hopefully that changes soon. But excited to talk about this group. It's a deep group. Uh, I think overrated in some aspects, underrated in others. So excited to jump into it. I think a lot of people have been gearing the discussion towards the offensive side of the ball. And certainly the Jets have needs there, but they definitely do have needs on defense. They had one of the better defenses in the league last year, but we saw that team started to figure it out a little bit late in the season. There were some weak points there. And not only that, but also the Jets were very, very healthy last year. And on top of that, they played a lot of second and third string quarterbacks. So Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich, Joe Douglas, they know where the weak spots are. They know where it needs to be improved. And they also know that even positions that may look like on paper they are strengths could become weaknesses very quickly. We saw that with the offensive line, for example, last year. As Ozzie Newsom always likes to say, I've mentioned this many times, 
today's luxury is tomorrow's necessity. So with that in mind, let's talk about the defensive linemen here. We can talk about interior and exterior defensive linemen, and you've looked at quite a few of them. So we'll discuss who's the best at what, where they might fit with the Jets, what the Jets could look to do at each of these picks, and where everything fits together. We will begin with pass rushing, both on the interior and the exterior. Take us through this group, Luke. Again, you looked at over a dozen of these players. Who popped out to you as far as pass rushing? And then who are some of the prospects that you looked at and said, I just don't understand what the hype's about? You know what, Scott? This podcast is going to be a lot of me gushing about some of the interior linemen and not so thrilled about the you know the edge guys and some of the bigger uh, 270 pound edge setters in this class. The guys that jumped off the screen for me as pass rushers were predominantly in the interior. Jalen Carter is the best player in this draft. There's no doubt about that. There is a lot of scary stuff off the field. Um, repeat incidents uh, with the speeding, with the negligent driving, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, look, he is phenomenal. He was the best player on the best defense in the country, who is probably one of the best five college defenses of all time. He is ideal for the three-tech spot. He's going to go in the top six or seven, probably regardless of those off-field stuff. He's like Quinn and Williams. He is just extremely dynamic. He's great against the run. You can even use him as a shaded nose and, and penetrate from that spot on obvious passing situations. He's a freak. But I don't want to talk about him too much because I don't think he's going to have any chance of landing with the Jets. The next guy who I literally only finished watching last night was Elijah Cansey. Man, I heard the Aaron Donald comps and you see the comparisons because of the, you know, the pit helmet and the body composition and the testing. And and then you watch the film. This guy is insane, Scott. Like, I can't tell you how impressed I was. The bag and the hand usage was phenomenal. You are seeing cross chops from the three-tech spot. You're seeing rips. You're seeing a club swim. You're seeing him get to the top of his route. And this is, sorry, his his rush, sorry. And this is what I love and is so underrated. A lot of people get to their rush, and if they don't win initially, the rep's over. It's a stalemate, and they're taken out of the play. He was so adept at getting to that top of the rush. He's threatened the outside shoulder. And then you see that Aaron Donald, big spin back inside towards the quarterback, stacking moves, the ability to put moves together to counter after you've already made your initial push. He was phenomenal at that. He is a 285 ball of muscle, Scott. He had a 22% pressure rate in 2022. He's one of the few guys in this class that I would bang the table for. And it's because of his pass rushing skills. Yes, he and Quinnen probably aren't the ideal fit because they both play in the three-tech spot, but good coaches make it work. And he's a guy that I am more than comfortable with the Jets taking at 13. They've lost Sheldon Rankins. They haven't really replaced it too much out of Jefferson. If you want to make a strength an absolute elite position, I think Kalijah Chansey is a good way of doing it. Um, Outside of that, Scott... um, from the edge position, if you're looking for a speed rusher, a Bryce Huff guy, I really liked uh, BJ Ojolari, but he probably won't go to the second. Thought he had real dip and bend, showed an ability to go through the chest with the long arm. But outside of that, a lot of these edges are big guys who are predicated around power. And look, there's obviously a huge place for that. We saw Trayvon Walker go number one in the NFL last year. But a guy like Tyree Wilson, I'm not seeing as a top 10 pick as a pass rusher. Yeah, he's got a great fork lift and a bull rush but he's got questionable get-off, which is huge. First step quickness is enormous in the NFL. He didn't show me any of that. He didn't really have a pass rush move other than one or two swims for Texas Tech on tape. I watched his film and I know he's going to go top 10 and he could be a superstar and I look like an idiot with that dude, like I did with Justin Jefferson. I just didn't see it as a pass rusher. I saw him as a guy who might settle playing inside on some obvious passing situations. And that's not a guy I want to take in the top 10. So 
Overall, there's some other guys too that I was disappointed with. But for me, he was the guy that I went, I just don't get the hype of him as a pass rusher. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Luke, let's talk about run stopping. That's something that Jermaine Johnson showed to be a major strength of his, not just at Florida State, but also with the Jets in his rookie season. When he was in, remember, he was limited because of the rotation. He played very, very well. He needs to work on his pass rushing, but we saw some glimpses there too. So we'll see what he gives the Jets in year number two. Overall, Quentin Williams, clearly one of the best interior run stuffers in the league. But the Jets do need help there. There were times where the run got away from them. And really, realistically, when it comes to the linebackers and safeties, they had a ton of trouble. So if these running backs were able to get past the initial line of attack, sometimes it could be open season, especially with these running backs that have a lot more speed. Talk to me about the players that you watched, who really stood out to you in a positive way as far as stopping the run, and who stood out in a negative way. Maybe some overrated, underrated here. Yeah, look, I just touched on Tyree uh, Wilson. I don't want to be too hard on him. I think he's a fantastic run defender. He was um, amazing with his backside pursuit, his ability to bench press and and wade down the line of scrimmage, uh, the ability to two-gap. He impressed me. Uh, Miles Murphy was a guy who I was underwhelmed with overall, uh, but I thought his run run stopping, run blocking was um, extremely effective. Again, the length, the ability to to shed, to disengage, to bench press, they were all there on film. But in saying that, Scott, I think the Jets have the edge position locked down in the run game. They play JMS at the strong uh, DE position a lot of the time. He's a great run defender on the outside on early uh, early rushing situations. They have a guy like Michael Clemens. They have Jermaine Johnson, who you mentioned. I think they're good in that position. The area, I guess, to turn your attention to then is the interior. And two guys that I've watched so far in that kind of top echelon of of pass rushes and of defensive tackles were Muzzy Smith and Keanu Benton. Uh, Benton is somewhere between a five-tech and a one-tech. He's this big frame, almost like a Calais Campbell. He's six foot four, three oh nine, but he can also play the shaded nose. He can stand up and he can two-gap, but he also has this ability to use hand placement and to swim over um, aggressive tackle uh, tackles or centers or guards and penetrate in the running game as well. I thought he was really effective. There was one game that worried me a little bit against OSU. He was bullied a bit by number 74, displaced in the run. But outside of that, I thought he was a very good run defender with also that dynamic pass rushing as well, which you still want because those two-dimensional players are always better than someone that can do one thing. But the best is probably Marzi Smith uh, out of Michigan. Again, another guy who's just built like a fridge, 323 stout. He's a little shorter. I think he's 6'2 or 6'3". But he is going to be that guy. I comped into a twitchier DJ reader who I think is – I really like that comparison, a guy who played great ball for Cincy. Um, He's immovable. He's so difficult to displace off the line of scrimmage. I was disappointed by his hand usage and his pass rushing. But again, that's not what you're necessarily drafting him for, especially in the mid-second round. You're looking for a guy who can clog up the run um, and can really force you to to eat up blocks and to account for an extra man in in the running game. So I thought he was really good in those situations. Overall, yeah, I was a little disappointed by some of his stuff, but um, you know, he had an 11.6 run stop rate in 2022. He had 32 defensive stops. So he was in the upper echelon of run stoppers. And I think the Jets could definitely use a guy like that. I just wish he had a little more upside as a pass rusher. As far as scheme fit, both on the inside and the outside, who do you think is a good scheme fit for Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich's defense? And who do you think wouldn't fit at all? Yeah, I already mentioned one of them that I think would be a, a poor fit. That's BJ Ojolari. I had a little fun comp 
uh, I was talking to you about yesterday, Scott. I, I said he was a little like Mo Rivera. He's a closer. <laughs> when you get up in games, uh, he is just a nightmare. He can just kill you with his speed, his bend, all of that stuff. But for me, he's an outside uh, linebacker in a 3-4 scheme. He's a stand-up guy. Yeah, he could fit, squeeze into a 4-3 as, an, as a you know weak side DE. But in saying that, the Jets have that position locked down with Bryce Huff. They put a second-round tender on that. He's going to sign, so I don't think he's a fit for us, despite me liking his tape and being around that 32 to 40 range. I just don't think he's a fit here. Will McDonald's an interesting one. Um, the edge out of Iowa State with Matt Campbell, who he really likes, but I hated Matt Campbell when I was watching the, the Will McDonald tape because he was used as a four-tech over the tackle, but he's just not that guy. He's going to be an outside linebacker in the NFL as well, so I think he's not a great scheme fit here. The guys that Salah likes traditionally are going to be your Lucas Van Nesses and uh, your Miles Murphy, and those kind of thicker 270-pound edges who can set the edge, who can go through your chest. I just didn't particularly like their tape, which is kind of ironic, but I think they are the best scheme fits. Um, I think they're guys that would do well in this system. Um, but in saying that, they they are also of kind of the Jermaine Johnson ilk, the Michael Clemson ilk. So um, he may want more diversity with his pass rushes and, and with his edge group. On the interior, look, I didn't really see a guy that I thought was a poor fit. Um, there are certain guys that are, you know, those 335-pound nose tackles and they can't do anything other than stand there and clog up holes like a Vince Wilfork. I didn't really see any of those guys. I think Hansi can definitely fit in this scheme because Robert Sulla loves his one-gap penetration. In the run game, you're not being asked to stand a guy up and two-gap a ton. But in saying that, he did not get blown away in the running game. Um, uh, Keanu Benson, I think, can fit, as I said, as a one-tech playing opposite Quinn and Williams. I think that's a very natural fit for him. Same with Marzi Smith. It was a natural role for him at Michigan. And even a guy like Brian Brzee, who I didn't like the tape of personally, I know he had very tough personal situations in 2022. I just didn't like the tape, and that's all I'm going to go off. Um, he could easily play a mixture of three and shaded nose uh, to, to intertwine with Quinn and Williams, uh, with Jefferson. He's a 300-pound athlete who carries that weight extremely well. So from the interior, I think they're all really good fits, and I think it's a really good interior group. I still have a couple of kids from Northwestern to finish watching who I was pretty excited with. Uh, I won't speak on them too much, but I think there's some pretty twitchy athletes there that could be a help for the Jets. So Overall, I think there's a lot of good fits. I just think at the edge position, a lot of those guys are going to go high and around that 13 pick. And I just didn't love their tape, despite them being pretty good fits in this offense. Which of the players that you looked at, would you be very excited to see the Jets grab? And which would you not be excited at all? I know you're going to say, for example, Tyree Wilson, not a player you would love to see the Jets draft. But overall, of the more than dozen guys you watched, where do you sit on that? I, mean, I think at number 13, there's three guys I would love to take, and that's Will Anderson. That's not going to happen. It's Jalen Carter. That's not going to happen. And it's Kalaja Kansi. They're the three guys that I would be ecstatic, run up to the podium. I am pumped with that pick. They're difference makers straight away. They're blue chip players. I'm pumped. I'm okay if the Jets at 13 took Nolan Smith. Uh, look, he's small. <laughs> I don't think they're going to take him, but... He, he looked a little like Micah Parsons. You saw that kind of speed and quickness, the way he can step inside reach blocks and penetrate in the run game despite being tiny, the way he can bend and flatten around the edge. You started to see a little more hand usage this year in the four games he played before the injury. I'd be okay with that. Look, I could survive if they took Tyree Wilson or Lucas Van Ness. I just have talked about how I think they have some rawness and limitations um, to their bag right now as a pass rusher. 
I would be very upset if they took a Miles Murphy at 13. Uh, I think that wouldn't be a good fit. Um, I don't think they will. And then transitioning to the number 42 or 43 pick, whichever one we keep in the deal with Green Bay, I'm absolutely pumped with either Benton or Smith there. I'm not super high on Brian Brzee there, even though he'll probably go higher and go in the mid-20s. I didn't really see it on tape. Uh, I wouldn't particularly like a BJ Ojolari just because of the fit. And the one guy, Scott, that I haven't touched on that I watched, and I, I watched him because I started seeing first-round hype. And I was like, okay, let's let's see if this kid can play out of Georgia Tech. And it's Keon White. That was some of the worst film for a projected first-round pick that I've seen. He was stiff. He was linear. He was not explosive. Like I, I honestly couldn't believe after watching him that people were saying he could go in the mid-20s. For me, I would be upset if the Jets took him at 42 or 43. That's how strongly I felt about his tape. Um, look, he's outstanding setting the edge. And he can bench press and he can two gap and do all of that stuff. But when you've got no pass rush plan and all you want to do is dip your head and go through the chest a little like an Ed Oliver prospect a couple of years ago on the interior, that just wasn't exciting for me. He was inconsistent reading out the mesh point of read option. I just didn't like Keon White. So he's a guy that I'd be pretty against at 42. Which of these players would you like the Jets to be able to get after the first round? We talked about the three guys that you'd like them to get at number 13. Two of them you recognize are probably not going to be on the board. Huge long shot. But Kalijah Kansi, maybe at 13, they could be able to get him potentially. Which guys do you think might be run the card to the podium types if they're there at 42, 43, or even a little bit later on, like say the fourth round? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily quite a run the card you know, up to the podium situation with the Jets needed interior offensive line as well. But Keanu Benton, the guy that I want most um, at number 42, he's going to come in a little bit higher than that on my big board. I just liked the balance with him. I think Amazi Smith, you looked at him and I thought he's predominantly going to be a run stuffer, an immovable guy against double teams. And yes, the Jets need it, but there's a limitation to his ceiling. For me, I comped Keanu Benton to Kenny Clark out of Green Bay. I think he can do a lot of things from the shaded nose. Um, Green Bay traditionally have played more of a... Uh, a 3-4 front, the Jets will play a 4-3, but I think he can do a lot of similar things as a pass rusher. He can one-gap penetrate against the run. He can do it in the pass game. You saw great first-step quickness. He understand leverage, where to put his hands in the run game to down block and get guys out in the outside zone. Um, against outside zone type fronts, I thought he stood up really well, able to, to wade through, avoid contact, disengage. I think he did those things extremely well. Um, the one thing for him is probably I didn't like his bull rush and his ability to push the pocket. That's something that Amazi Smith has over him. He didn't convert speed to power great if he didn't win off the snap with that quickness. With that first step, the swim, the rip, I thought his game got a little bit stale. So that's something to watch with him. I think I'm a little higher on Benton than most, but he was probably the guy that I thought I'd most like him at number 42 or 43. And he was the guy that I think would compliment Quinnen the best because I think naturally he can play at that one tech shaded nose opposite Quinnen and also do a little bit from the three or the five tech as well. So a bit of versatility, but I just thought he was an F the play up type guy and uh, he was going to be really good in the NFL. On the flip side, any players where if the Jets took them at 42, 43, or even later, you would just shake your head and say, what are they doing? I mean, outside of Keon White, who I just ripped on a lot, I don't want don't to focus on him too much. I just think the fit's not there, and I, I already kind of touched on it, but a Will McDonald for me is a really good player and someone that's probably valued around the mid-30s, early 40s. But his usage in the uh, in college football, as I mentioned, was lined up as a four tech, sometimes, you know, a four I. And that's when you're lined up over the tackle and you expect that guy to be 275, 280 pounds. 
this guy's a 240 speed rusher and Matt Campbell just used him in a different way. I think with the Jets, he would struggle to be a fit here just because of, as I said, the inclusion already of Bryce Huff. I think that's the role as that weak side defensive end in pass rushing situations that's already there. So I think you'd be taking a player that has a redundant skill set who isn't necessarily an upgrade over Bryce Huff. I quite like McDonald. I have McDonald over BJ Ojolari right now. I have him over Keon White. I think he's my edge six at the moment, just behind Miles Murphy. So I'm quite high on the player. It's more just the fact that I don't think it's a tremendous scheme fit. And I think it's giving you a skill set you already have. And when you're a win now team, I think there's a line there between you're not drafting for need. I think we both agree on that, Scott. You you, you talked about perfectly about drafting uh, for today's, you know, uh, luxury is a necessity tomorrow. But I just don't think that is for the Jets. Um, I think they have enough options at that speed rusher position when you consider that Carl Lawson is also kind of that prototype at times as well. So uh, he's a guy that, look, I think he's a great player. I just wouldn't be particularly thrilled if the Jets took him because I don't think he's a great scheme fit here. Luke, anything else you think's worth mentioning that we haven't touched on yet about the edge rushers and the interior defensive linemen in this class that you looked at? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Lucas Van Ness because he's a guy that I haven't really touched on. I know a lot of people are high on him. I know, Scott, you're quite a fan of him. You can see the tools there. His strength as a pass rusher is bull rushing. I mean, his ability to use his length, he's got 11-inch arms, convert that speed to power. He had some great reps against Paris Johnson. Why? Because Paris Johnson has quite wide hands. We talked about it on the OT pod. And he was able to get to the chest, control the chest, and just push and collapse that pocket. Um, The thing for him is he was kicked inside a lot in obvious passing situations. And I don't think that's because they were doing it for scheme. I think that's literally because it's his best position sometimes. I saw, again, this sounds like helmet scouting. I saw a little bit of the AJ Epinesa in him where you thought, I just don't know if he can last on the edge every down in the NFL. I think you'll have to get kicked inside. He's an awesome run defender. I just, I'll question the bag of pass rushing moves. Uh, He looked very unpolished when he went for a club or a swipe. It looked like he was rushed and frenetic and he just, it came to him and he had to try and get the move out as quickly as he could. There wasn't a lot of, um, tempo and timing and polish there with his hand usage. He's young, so don't get me wrong. I think there's an upside there. And if the Jets took him, I wouldn't be like, you know, upset and, and throwing things up in the air. But I, I think there are better players the Jets could take that can have an impact in this win now window at the offensive line position, at the defensive tackle position, um, or at wide receiver in JSN. So he's a guy that I liked. Uh, I thought he had good tape against OSU. I thought he struggled against Michigan, but. Overall, I think he's an interesting prospect. I think he's going to end up a better player than a lot of these guys in two to three years. He's just got some developing to do, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL evaluates him. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under, thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the defensive line prospects, both the interior defensive linemen and the edge rushers. Really appreciate it. You did a bunch of All-22 work. Some of it's going to be on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. And there will be even more in the coming days as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Really excited for that day to get here. Luke, talk about what's on our YouTube channel, what's going to be on our YouTube channel, and what people will find when they go to our store over at tpublic.com. Yeah, the YouTube channel's got a lot of the All-22 breakdowns. At the moment, there's a combination of you've got your 10-minute standard breakdowns where I'm looking at guys like Broderick Jones and uh, Darnell Wright and a lot of these guys who I think are in play for the Jets at number 13. We've also got some one-minute content for those guys who and girls who aren't super, you know, wanting to be sitting there watching 10 minutes of me talking X's and O's and scouting reports on JSN and 
um, Tyree Wilson. And I've got about 25 of those that I'll release over the next couple of days and just pump out the content. So if you're looking for a quick scouting report with clips to back it up in all 22, that's going to be available on our channel as well. And then we'll have a lot of content after the draft with looking at these guys, the Jets drafted, breaking them down, their scheme fit, things I mightn't have picked up on first watch on the film when you're watching, you know, hundred plus guys. So uh, pretty exciting over there on the YouTube channel. As for T public, we've got some cool designs, um, stuff like um, the, uh, bless you, thank you, range with Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Meyer. We've got the Play Like a Jet logo merch. I'm sure after the draft, we can come up with some new concepts and pump those out, but we appreciate the port support. So head over to TeePublic and uh, make sure you're liking, subscribing over on the YouTube channel. Check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.